It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Thursday morning here at Wax 104.5 at the shank of the day, good morning. We got chores to do this morning. We'll be doing them alone. Bob with you this morning. Is uh, Jill off for the big wedding? Her daughter gets married on Saturday, so she had to take off and start making the potato salad and ham sandwiches for the meal. So she is busy, busy, busy with that. Down, have to go all the way to Portage for the wedding. So she's uh, on the road or in the kitchen, I don't know. But uh, Jill's taking a couple days off so she can properly prepare for the wedding. And I'm sure it will be a good one as well. Well, lots to talk about this morning. Uh, dairy breakfasts are getting awfully close. Tomorrow, the Marshfield Area Chamber of Commerce and Industry putting on the Dairy Fest breakfast over at the fairgrounds, the start of the Dairy Fest weekend in Marshfield. Lots of other breakfasts, and when we get to Saturday and Sunday, we'll talk about. But some other things we haven't talked about yet that are really, really popular. This coming weekend, the 4th and the 5th, the Department of Natural Resources Having a free fund, we a free fun weekend. That means you can go into the state parks, use the state trails, go fishing. You don't need license or vehicle passes or anything this weekend. It's all free. So again, enjoy it. Get out to a dairy breakfast early. Then if you got the grandchildren or whatever, you can take a bike ride on the bike trails or go fishing. You do not, or go to the state parks, whatever you want to do. You do not need passes or licenses. But uh, remember, like for fishing, while you don't need a license, uh, residents and non-residents too. So you got some folks from out of state. It's free for everybody. They're not going to be checking IDs or anything like that. If you want to go fishing this weekend, you can. But remember, all fishing regulations apply, including bag and length limits. So get out and enjoy that. This uh, weekend, DNR has been doing this for quite a few years, and uh, it attracts a lot of people. State park, free. Fishing licenses, free. Trail passes, free. Well, I shouldn't say free. You just don't need them. So get out and enjoy the weekend uh, on the DNR. Also, we talk a lot about dairy breakfast also coming up, and we'll talk about uh, this more today and tomorrow. But uh, horse pulling is getting started this weekend as well. The Midwest Farmers Horse Pullers, the Barefoot Horses, will be pulling this Saturday, 1 o'clock, down at the Midnight Riders Saddle Club outside of Mondovi. Go out uh, through Mondovi, take 37 out to the west, and go out a few miles, and you'll see it right there on the uh, south side of the road. So, horse pull, 1 o'clock Saturday, Midnight Riders Saddle Club in Mondovi. So, uh, lots of things going on around the area besides the dairy breakfast. We'll talk about prices uh, that are getting better because uh, the other side of the ledger is also going up bigger dollars on the expense side. So again, we'll talk about the, some of the uh, incoming prices. but uh, And also, boy, some folks out in South Dakota saw this on uh, the DTN news screen putting together a big, big processing plant. It will be the biggest in the country, and it looks like uh, they got their financing in order and everything else. So we'll talk about that. 8,000 head a day when they get her all done. That's a lot. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hey, and a quick check of our weather forecast brought to you by Marquardt Motors. Don't forget your 5,000-mile schedule maintenance. They got it for you. They'll wash your car. They'll take the winter air out of your tires, put the summer air in your tires, so you'll be all set for summer driving. They do a lot for you out there at Marquardt Motors. Go to MarquardtMotors.com. Line it up. Partly cloudy today, 75. Sunny tomorrow and 70. Then the good hand weather and I don't know about breakfast weather either, but Saturday we're talking about chances of rain both Saturday and Sunday. Temperatures will be in the upper 60s. Monday, cloudy and temperatures in the upper 60s. It's uh, 50 right now, but down in Black River Falls, it's only 37 degrees. Toma is only 40 degrees, but uh, otherwise, people are pretty much up from 40s to the low 50s this morning. And again, we'll get about 75 today, should see some sunshine, got some hay to make, get her done. 50 degrees out there, partly cloudy 75 today, it's a minute after 5. 
This is 104.5 FM WAXX. So, Claire, let's see what's going on. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt is calling a mass shooting at a hospital in Tulsa Wednesday a senseless act of violence and hatred. Police confirm four people are dead after the shooting. A man whose mother was inside the hospital told KJRH-TV he watched the chaos unfold over FaceTime. They were rushing people out of the building. Some weren't able to walk very well, so they were just kind of stumbling. Police were helping them out. The shooter took his own life after opening fire on the campus of St. Francis Hospital. Authorities confirm a bomb at a house in nearby Muskogee is tied to the shooting. Officials in southeastern Ukraine say the Russia-aligned region plans to try Ukraine's president as a war criminal. Lawmakers in the Donetsk People's Republic claim President Zelensky is guilty of issuing orders to send neo-Nazis to the area to kill civilians. One official claims Zelensky was responsible for signing orders, despite not physically pulling triggers. Thousands of workers at Salesforce want the software maker to cut ties with the National Rifle Association after last week's deadly mass shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. At least 4,000 employees at the San Francisco-based company signed an open letter to the company's co-CEOs, urging them to stop doing business with the NRA. The gun rights organization uses Salesforce products for marketing and fundraising. Former NFL running back Marion Barber III is reportedly dead. Sources tell the Fort Worth Star-Telegram the 38-year-old ex-cowboy was discovered inside his North Texas apartment on Wednesday. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, the big showdown in Curdtown is next Saturday, June 11th. So mark that on your calendar, 630 at the Pierce County Fairgrounds. Talked to Katie Christensen yesterday. Katie, of course, is the ag instructor and FFA advisor over at Ellsworth High School about the poll and about uh, the alumni there and all the good things the Ellsworth FFA alumni does. And we'll have that for you here in a few days. But the poll is still a week away. June 11th over there at the Pierce County Fairgrounds in Ellsworth. Well, let's take a quick check of our weather forecast. 74, partly cloudy today, sunny and 70 tomorrow. Then cooling off. We'll be in the 60s Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And chances of rain on Saturday and Sunday. Hopefully it'll miss us for dairy breakfast because there's a lot of them this weekend. And as usual, down in the coolie, down in the cold, uh, colder areas here, <laughs> down in the lowlands, Black River Falls is one of the cool spots this morning at 37. Thomas at 40. But Rice Lake's 49. Medford's 47. It's 50. And Marshfield, 51 in La Crosse. Green Bay's at 52. Madison Sun Prairie at 51. It's 57 in Milwaukee this morning. And it's uh, 50 degrees. And speaking of Milwaukee, hopefully the Brewers will get home. They uh, split a series with the Cubs after opening up by winning a doubleheader. They lost the last two games. And... I don't know, this Christian Yelich is making a lot of money, but he's not doing much for him, I'll tell you that. So he gets turned around, maybe it'll help. Still 32-20, and 20, they got a good record, but uh, boy, oh boy, that's uh, hard to watch Christian Yelich, as good as he was a couple, three years ago, play the way he is. Man, oh man. All right, well, we got farm stuff to take care of this morning. It's six and a half minutes after five. We'll do some of that next. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance is a proud sponsor of the Northern Wisconsin State Fair in Chippewa Falls. As a thank you for your support, they're giving away fair tickets. Visit ruralmutual.com slash win and enter to win tickets to the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, taking a look at our markets, courtesy of the folks at Rural Mutual Insurance, we can tell you, Choice Fed, uh, choice fed Beef Steers trading 136 to 141 and a half. Choice Fed Heifers 120 to 139. High Choice Prime Fed Holstein Steers 122 to 133 and a half. The cows traded 75 to 97 and a half. 
The Bulls 97 to 109, Butcher Hogs 75 to 91, Sows 51 and a half to 55 and a half, the Boars 10 to 24 in the sheep and lamb trade. The uh, new crop lambs no quote on those old crop market lambs a dollar 25 and down. Feeder lambs 125 to 275, the ewes 85 to 152 and a half. Small goats 10 to 135, medium goats 75 to 280, and the large goats 135 to $400. And at the Mercantile Exchange yesterday, livestock futures were higher across the board. June live cattle 132.80, that was up 227. August 132.90, up 252. October 137.90, up 175. And December live cattle 143.75. Up a dollar forty-five. Feeder cattle for August one sixty-nine seventy-two up four sixty. September one seventy-two forty up four twenty-seven. October one seventy-four seventy-seven. That's up four oh seven. November at one seventy-six fifty-seven up thirty. Uh, excuse me, up three eighty-five. And January feeder cattle one seventy-six ninety up four oh two. Lean hog carcass contracts June closed at one hundred nine eighty up a dollar eighty two. The July contract one twelve forty two at the finish. That's up four forty two. August hogs one hundred eight ninety two up two fifty and October at ninety three eighty five. That was up eighty cents on the board of trade uh, during the yesterday's day trade. Corn and wheat were lower on this Russian offer to allow exports out of Ukraine. But uh, Putin wants something in return, and other countries around the world aren't just uh, too amenable to what Putin is asking for, waiving those sanctions. Also, the planting progress, pretty good last week. That put pressure on. But beans are higher on tight supplies and good demand. So overnight, July corn down a penny from yesterday's close, sitting at 729 as we start the morning. The oats up six cents at 652. July wheat up seven at 1048. Soybeans up a nickel at 1695. Soybean meal up a half a dollar a ton at $413.20. Dairy market yesterday saw barrel cheese up three quarters at 230 and a quarter. The blocks unchanged, 224 and three quarters. Butter up a penny at two eighty nine a pound. Class three futures were mostly higher. The June contract was down twelve cents at twenty four forty five. July class three milk up one at twenty four seventy. August up two at twenty four forty five. September up six at twenty four twenty seven. October up twelve at twenty four twelve. Prices were higher out through next spring. So that's the way the markets look this morning here on Wax. Ten and a half minutes after five o'clock, and we've talked about a lot of dairy breakfast coming up, and uh, there are going to be a lot of dairy breakfasts uh, this weekend. Starting tomorrow morning, of course, it's the uh, Marshfield Dairy Fest breakfast at the fairgrounds at the Central Wisconsin State Fairgrounds there in Marshfield. Start about five o'clock or so. Always a good breakfast. I know Zig will be up uh, making eggs bright and early, Ron Ziggerlicky and his gang. I think he's recruited his daughter to help him. I think he hopes she'll take over pretty soon. But uh, but it's always a good time to start Dairy Month with the Marshfield Area Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Uh, that chamber works hard to support the agricultural industry in central Wisconsin, and uh, they know how important it is. In Eau Claire, there will be a dairy breakfast. It will be different than we've had in the past, and it will be in a couple of weeks, actually. It'll be on June 18th, and it'll be at Nellie Holstein's. Our Jill Welke went out and talked to uh, Derek and uh, Miranda Nelson and uh, asked just exactly, Derek, what the, uh, what's coming up? On the Nelson, Nellie Holstein. Now, remember Nellie Holstein's, if you came to Farm Technology Days last summer and uh, enjoyed a, a ride, a tour, one of the places you saw was Nellie Holstein's. And uh, they are very much uh, involved in promoting agriculture. And, of course, a lot of folks have stepped up, as we're going to hear, to help put this breakfast on since the Chamber of Commerce stepped aside here in Eau Claire. And uh, we had... Jill to talk to him about it, and Jill asked Derek just exactly what's going on on June 18th. Uh, we are having the first annual Eau Claire County Breakfast on the Farm, and it's going to be a breakfast here located at our um, farm on June 18th from 7 to 11. So is the Eau Claire Chamber of Commerce involved in this event at all? No, they are not. So 
What are we talking about for menu and event type things? What's going on? We're going to have the Cleghorn Fire Department's famous pancakes as our main entree and sausage, lots of cheese options, milk, orange juice, um, some pudding and yogurt and apples for the kids. Um, so really large menu there and then you can't forget the Culver's custard at the end. I understand you're also going to have some other activities around here. Yeah, everybody will be able to take a walking tour of the dairy and learn a little bit more about how our operation functions um, on a daily basis and then we have a couple um, educational booths, the uh, Chippewa Valley Beekeepers, Eau Claire County Farm Bureau, and a couple other organizations are going to be doing hands-on youth activities um, to kind of educate about the ag industry in Eau Claire County. And then we're going to have some other fun games for the whole family to get involved in. So this takes a little more than just you two to put together. So where did you come up with your volunteers? Uh, we have a small committee put together to do the main planning behind the event. And then we've solicited volunteers from a couple different organizations. We have FFA chapters that are helping, 4-H clubs, um, and then the Cleghorn Lions, the Cleghorn Fire Department. Um, and then we also have volunteers from our amazing sponsors, um, Eau Claire Energy, Chippewa Valley Energy, Cleghorn Lions, and Quick Trip. And then also volunteers from the egg community as well. And as I look around here, your hay is around your barn, but parking you guys have a different plan for that tell me about that yes we're actually going to be parking about a half mile away from our farm um, and then we're going to have a shuttle bus to bring people to and from the farm so there'll be less traffic in and around so people can move about and check everything out without having to worry about traffic it's quite a big event i'm looking forward to those famous pancakes we had sponsors tell me who really pulled up their bootstraps and helped you out with this We'd like to thank our sponsors. Um, without their um, generous support, we wouldn't be able to pull this off. We have sponsors of Chippewa Valley Energy, Eau Claire Energy Co-op, Culver's, Fleet Farm, Cleghorn Lions, uh, Cleghorn Fire Department, DFA, Augusta FFA Alumni, and Eau Claire County Dairy Promotion. I am looking forward to heading out here to Nellie Holstein's for the first annual Breakfast on the Farm in Eau Claire County. Tell me again, dates and times. It'll be Saturday, June 18th from 7 to 11 at Nellie Holstein's. And I'm Joe Welke. Thank you, Jill, and we'll get you the exact directions to uh, to the farm when uh, when it gets a little closer. But again, it's still a couple of weeks away over there at uh, Nellie Holstein's again, June 18th. Breakfast uh, on the farm in Eau Claire County. All right, we got uh, quarter after six, and uh, we got some farm news to look at, and let's do it. Uh, speaking of being at Nellie Holstein's, obviously they're looking at a pretty good milk check, but obviously on the other side of the ledger, the expenses are way up as well. But again, these dairy farmer milk checks continue to be some of the best ever. The latest numbers from the National Agricultural Statistics Service show the U.S. all milk price in April was $27.10 a hundred. That's up $1.20 from March, $8.80 higher than a year ago. And uh, dairy farmers here in Wisconsin and South Dakota had the biggest price increase, up $1.80 from March. The April price was also $8.20 higher than last April for Wisconsin dairy farmers. Idaho had the highest April all-milk price at twenty-seven seventy. While New Mexico had the lowest at twenty four sixty, not many times we'd say the the lowest pay price in the country, top milk producing states was twenty four dollars and sixty cents. That's the good news. Of course, the other side of the ledger is the tough news. Expenses are way up as well. While prices for other farm commodities in the state were also up in April, corn averaged six dollars and eighty nine cents a bushel. That's 55 cents more than in March and $1.74 more than last April. Soybeans brought fifteen fifty a bushel. That was up 30 cents from March and $1.60 more than last April. Oat prices jumped 31 cents from March and $2.39 from last April as they averaged five seventy a bushel in April. The all hay price in April, $152 a ton, a dollar more than in March, $3 more than a year ago, alfalfa hay, Averaged $161 a ton in April. That's the same as March, but $4 more 
than last April. And the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation has named its Heroes of Hope through their Farm Neighbors Care campaign. This year's top award goes to Jerry Miner, the chief of the Pittsville Fire Department over in central Wisconsin. Miner is recognized for working with the National Farm Medicine Center by making sure rural fighter fire, rural firefighters have the equipment and training necessary to do their jobs. He has also worked with farmers to host hands-on farm safety demonstrations. So congratulations to uh, Jerry Miner and a job well done. Keep up the good work. I know Jerry's going to be part of the Farm Technology Day's farm safety effort over at uh, Rail Acres and Rustic Occasions putting on some safety demonstrations for rural fire departments and for farmers as well, but uh, very well-deserved. Jerry Miner of the Pittsville, top hero of hope through the Farm Bureau's Farm Neighbors Care campaign. All right, coming up, Canada. We're in a spat with them over dairy. Tariff rate quotas. Pam Yonke had a chance to talk to some folks at the National Milk Producers Federation. We'll hear what they said. Is it going to get resolved? We'll find out next. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The world's longest unguarded, unprotected border is between the U.S. and Canada. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, but the dust up between the dairy industries of the U.S. and Canada. Well, would it change that? I don't think so. But uh, still, the relations between dairy industries in the U.S. and Canada aren't getting any better. And, Pam, I know we're working on it, but there's work to do. Yeah, and uh, considering the friendly relationship that you think of between, say, citizens of the United States and their friends in Canada, you'd think maybe we'd be able to get that kind of thing done when it comes to policy, but it is not the case. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, where I had a chance to visit with Shauna Morris. She is one of the team members with the National Milk Producers Federation that's been keeping an eye on recent retaliatory efforts made by Canada against the United States on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Now, obviously, Uh, When it comes to our dairy industry, we're always paying attention. Canada, a big market, could be even bigger. And I asked Shauna Morris to explain this latest round of retaliatory conversations and what it means. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, what's going on is more the same from the Canadian side. Uh, Now, I like our counterparts in Canada. They are very nice people, but they are also very shady at dairy trade issues. And every time we turn around... Uh, there is a new effort to just, you know, not follow through on what the deal was. And that's the problem here in this case. Uh, specifically, the latest proposal or the latest uh, statement issued by Canada this week was that they're going to make only cosmetic changes to how they dole out the ability to export products into their market, theory products specifically. Their old system had left the vast majority of the access for our exporters to ship products to Canada in the hands of our competitors up there, Canadian dairy processing companies. Uh, the new proposal will result in essentially the same outcome. Uh, we've been pushing for expanding the pool, letting anybody that wants to bring in product in the Canadian food and ag sector, you know, retailers, food service companies, have a crack at it. Uh, but Canada's firmly resisted that and continued to insist that they want to make sure this is a windfall for their processing sector instead. No surprise there. Help people better understand, get their arms around the volume of business potentially we're talking about here, Shauna, for the United States, or to your point, trying to give them that olive branch of letting anybody in. What size market are we talking about here? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, The U.S. International Trade Commission actually analyzed how big is the opportunity here uh, back when USMCA was negotiated a few years ago. They pegged it at upwards of an additional $200-plus million a year, 230 or so, uh, when the agreement's implemented. That's assuming, though, that it's fully implemented and implemented in in the way it should be, basically. And unfortunately, we're far short of that right now. 
You know, normally their actions are driven by fear, fear of specific segments of their dairy sector. Dive a little deeper for me, Shauna. Read behind the lines. What area specifically are they really trying to protect? For example, here in Wisconsin, are they fearful we're really going to drive in cheese, for example? What are they really trying to protect? Cheese is one big slice of it. Absolutely, because we've been eager to get access for a lot of the really fantastic cheeses that Wisconsin makes in particular into Canadian shelves uh, versus only the type of product that might go through Canadian processing plants. We want to make sure Canadian consumers see the benefit of this agreement, and a key part of that is being able to buy Wisconsin cheeses in bigger variety and bigger quantities. Um, But it's not only cheese. Uh, the access under the deal includes a number of other dairy products, too. But anytime you're cutting off your customers and saying, okay, you have a very small shopping pool of who's even allowed to buy your product in Canada, well, that's going to drive down prices and, and mean that it's not going to be as valuable. Ultimately, obviously, that trickles back to the farmer side on our uh, side of the border. So I'm going to try to sound compassionate here, Shauna. Am I missing something? Did Canadian dairy industry leaders or the industry as a whole suffer some uh, terrible situation, say, for the, during the pandemic that they've not yet recovered from? I mean, is there something I'm missing as to why they continue to do this sidestep? They continue to do this sidestep because it's the game in Canada. And until somebody holds them accountable, that's how the politics work up there. But look, I work for dairy farmers here, too. I certainly understand, uh, you know, the Canadian uh, sensitivity to wanting to make sure that they have a view on what's good for their industry. But that needs to make sure it's still compliant with the deal. There was an agreement the same way that you, we have lots of agreements, uh, trade agreements with other countries, and Canada needs to hold up its end of the bargain. We're not talking about open trade. We're not talking about zero tariffs for all dairy products here. We're talking about certain amounts up to a ceiling, and then those really high Canadian tariffs kick right back in. So it's not uncontrolled trade, and it wouldn't be disastrous for Canada to live up to its agreement under the USMCA. Shauna Morris, along with us, uh, one of our trade folks with the National Milk Producers Federation. So help us walk through the gauntlet of what happens next then, Shauna. I think that, quite frankly, and maybe you do too, my Wisconsin dairy farmers get blurry-eyed when they try to follow the beginning of the policy, then all of the renegotiations and these kinds of proposals that we hope end up by the wayside. Give me a little uh, calendar, projections. Where do we? What's going to happen next or what could happen next? Yeah. Well, I'll say what we hope will happen next and what we're pushing to try to make sure happens next. Um, the ball is really now in the U.S. government's court. You know, Canada's played its cards. It's shown what it's prepared to do and not do. And the question now is, how does the U.S. government react? You know, we've seen some encouraging statements from USDA Secretary Vilsack and the U.S. Trade Representative Ambassador Tai making clear that this isn't going to cut it in their view. But we need to translate those strong statements into action. And what that really means is the U.S. needs to get moving with the process of using uh, retaliatory tariffs to show Canada we don't agree. Uh, we're going to impose some pain on your side of the border until you shape up and do what you need to do. And would those would those uh, retaliatory tariffs really have a bite to them, Shauna? I think that uh, sometimes... Wisconsin agriculture, U.S. agriculture, feels like they get thrown under the bus when there's bigger product categories. You mentioned that they had surveyed, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of $2 million perhaps in this instance, but that we sometimes get sold down the river because we don't have enough volume. Help us understand that. Yeah, you can craft those tariffs in ways that are more targeted. Uh, So over 200 million, I think it's around 230-some million was what I mentioned the U.S. government had estimated Mm -hmm. the potential gains to be from the agreement. Um, Look, we'd want to be working closely with the administration to figure out how do you target these products in Mm -hmm. ways that are most likely to drive change on the Canadian side. You just painted is exactly spot on, and that's the message we've conveyed in Washington, too. Look, right now we're talking dairy products and dairy trade with Canada, but really this is about whether 
other countries can get away with just dismissing their obligations to the U.S. That's important, frankly, for all sorts of farmers and even other sectors beyond agriculture that count on our trade deals being adhered to. And again, that's Shauna Morris with the National Milk Producers Federation. I think she said it well right there at the end. This agreement, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Free Trade Agreement, isn't going to mean we can flood Canada with dairy products. It just means uh, a fair trade in and out. And right now, with Canada handling the tariff rate quotas, it's not a fair trade for our industry. I mean, it's not going to take half our production into Canada. They they don't have that many people, so they're not going to be able to take that much more. But what they're doing is very protective and, according to... A lot of folks not living up to the letter of the law. So we'll see what's going on. And remember, Tom Vilsack, the last four years before coming back to the Washington job of USDA secretary, was the uh, president of the Dairy Export Council. So uh, he's been working very close on these issues the last four years. So he has a very up-close and personal understanding of what's going on. Hey, we'll get an up-close-and-personal look at the markets next. Rocky's going to join us from over at Premier Livestock in Withy. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, Rocky joins us from over at Premier Livestock in Withy. I think he's probably circling the barn because there's no place to park over there with all the equipment in the lot. But uh, we got him anyway. Morning, Rocky. Good morning. And I would imagine the lot is getting full, huh? It is, it is, yep. Like I said, we are full, full, not accepting consignments. But, uh, hey, we got the date set for our August sales, so. Now, this equipment, this is, uh, and I know we've got uh, a lot of uh, Mennonite Amish around the area there and around this whole area, but it, it's it's mostly, it's not going to be horse-drawn equipment or anything like that, is it? Or are you got some of that in there, too? No, we don't. Okay. No, so, we don't. All right. So it's uh, all for the English Farmers, as uh, we say. So that's coming up June 17th. Rocky will tell us more about that. But first of all, let's get a little closer to what's going on right now. Rocky, how's it going this week? Good. Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how uh, yesterday's dairy cattle auction at Premier shaped up. We sold 145 head of dairy cattle with two uh, smaller herd dispersals yesterday. Auction featured some outstanding reputation uh, cows and springing heifers. Top supreme fresh cows brought 1,800 all the way up to 3,500 with several cows over 3,000 yesterday. All parlor freestall cows selling at those levels. All parlor freestall. Many other good cows from 11 to 17.75. Uh, we had one fancy load of uh, top parlor freestall cows, average 23.80. Uh, top spring and heifers, 14.50 to 19.50. We had one load of top spring and heifers, average 17.75. Uh, the plainer, the lesser quality cows, 1,100 and down. Uh, next week, Wednesday, we got a very nice lineup of dairy cows and spring and heifers. Uh, market cows this week did sell lower high yielding cows from 75 to 90 with a few above uh, most cows 61 to 74 organic cows mostly 85 to a dollar 12 uh, fed cattle traded steady high choice and prime holstein steers 127 to 135 choice beef steers and heifers 128 to 137 uh, market bulls high yielding from 95 to a dollar 14 newborn holstein bulk has very very strong this week uh, Monday we had 650 baby calves. Uh, that market was mostly from 75 all the way up to 215 per head. Lots of Holstein bull calves over $200. Beef calves 125 to 285. Holstein heifer calves 10 to 75. Don't forget next Tuesday uh, that's going to be our special feeder cattle auction. Also selling bread stock cows, cow calf pairs, and beef breeding bulls. If you got beef breeding bulls, you got bread cows, you got feeder cattle, give us a call. Let us know what you're bringing. Uh, we're expecting five to 700 head. If you're bringing bread beef cows, make sure they're to the barn by 9.30 a.m. or on Monday for preg checks. Also, machinery auction, like we talked about at the top, June 17th, we are full. Uh, we're not accepting any more consignments. Next auction is planned for August uh, for that next auction. Lots of details, lots of pictures. Check it out at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us anytime, 715 229 2500 and that's how it shaped up, Bob. Hey, Rocky, before I let you go, and I haven't read this uh, this story on the air yet, but I'm sure you've heard of this uh, outfit out in Rapid City, South Dakota, that wants to build that plant. 8,000 yeah, no, head of that's... cattle? 
That'd be great to be completely honest about it. I just kind of heard about it from you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they they tell you it'll take two or three years to get it done, and there's so many empty feedlots out in that Rapid City area. They'll put it to put them back into cattle. Yeah, well, the more of them places we got, the better off we all are. Yeah, that's right. Put more competition in the market. All right, we'll talk more about that later on. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Hey, thank you, Bob. There he goes. That's Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Well, now we have to put uh, Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13 on the hot seat this morning. Are you ready? Uh-oh. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, uh, it's June, and we've got dairy breakfast. First one is tomorrow morning in Marshfield. And then, of course, Saturday and Sunday, we've got them all over the area to start the month. And iffy, is that a good way to put it, as far as Mother Nature? Yeah, iffy's a good way to put it. Now, tomorrow, there's not much if about it. It is going to be a little chilly, but it'll be, you know, at least dry. Um, so, you know, for whatever that's worth, may want a, a jacket for tomorrow. Now, today, it will be uh, rather sunny for the morning and into the early half of the afternoon. Now, we do have a cold front that will be moving through later on, but it doesn't have a very uh, large amount of moisture with it. So we may not even get... Uh, many showers out of this at all they'll be very isolated if we see any otherwise possibly a rumble or two of thunder but really most of the day is going to be mostly sunny as we warm up into the mid 70s now going into tonight we'll keep those clear conditions but that does make for a chilly night and a chilly start to tomorrow morning as we dip to the mid 40s plenty of sunshine on tap for tomorrow with temperatures creeping up to the upper 60s potentially hitting the low 70s but then going into tomorrow night that's when we'll start to see some clouds move in and through the overnight may even have a chance at some showers going into Saturday morning. Well, that's when we have yet another chance at some showers that'll uh, linger into potentially the early afternoon, unfortunately, for the air show. Otherwise, mainly cloudy conditions and it is going to be much cooler. Temperatures only topping out in the low to mid 60s. Going into Saturday night, another slight chance of a few showers, but otherwise mainly cloudy. Still chilly, upper 40s for our lows. Sunday's looking a little bit better. Still a slight chance of a couple showers here and there. Otherwise, partly sunny and highs around the 70-degree mark. Then we dry it out for the first half of next week. Mainly sunny conditions on Monday. And uh, still going to be cooler, though. And Tuesday, partly sunny conditions. Still in the upper 60s and low 70s. And then Wednesday, well, that's when we have another chance at some showers. And still hanging out on the cooler side of average. Once again, in the upper 60s. But right now in Eau Claire... Not really many clouds out there, mostly clear conditions and a temperature of 47 degrees. Ooh, cooling off. And down in Black River and Toma, that's... Ooh, it is chilly down there. You want to make that coffee a little extra hot if you're in those areas. <laughs> All right, thanks, Mike. Thank you, Bob. There he goes, Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13, taking a look at our weather information. And, well, she looks like she's ready. She's washed her face, put on her makeup, and she looks good, as always, in the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is with us. Good morning, Morgan. Lay it on thicker, Bob. I won't <laughs> stop you. Uh, I, uh, I see I was talking to Phoebe over there on Channel 13 yes. this morning in the air show, and she took a ride with the uh, with the Blue Angel yesterday mm -hmm. and just absolutely loved it. But I think uh, you probably agree with me. I I enjoyed watching her, but I didn't want to do it. You know what? I love it for her. It's I'm so going to stay planted here on solid ground, but I'm so happy she got to go up. That's a once-in-a-lifetime, and yeah. I love hearing those stories. I can't imagine how fast. I remember talking to one of those guys one time, and, uh, well, they get done here at 4.30, and they're home down in Florida by supper time. They yeah. go, I mean, they get 40,000 feet in the air. Because mm -hmm. I asked him, I said, where do you guys stay in town tonight? He says, well, we don't stay. We're going home. I'll be home for supper. I said, What? Yeah, he said they get up 40, 45,000 feet. I don't know, go 800 miles an hour, however fast they go. And he said, I'll be home for a late supper, but uh, I'll, I'll cook steaks tonight for the family. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable how fast those planes are. There's no beverage cart and pretzels on those planes. You know, once you <laughs> no. sit down, you get up right again. I don't think the, uh, the, uh, well, I was going to say stewardesses, and I know that's not the right uh, flight, flight attendant. Flight attendant. Yes. I don't think they can get their carts up and down the aisle. Those trays stay in the upright position <laughs> when you're right. up with the Blue Angels. Boy, that is for sure. Well, that's coming Saturday and Sunday, but uh, what's going on before that? Well, from here on solid ground in the 715 newsroom, we'll get you some headlines to start the day. Good morning. Well, it won't be in our backyard. We begin in the southeast part of Wisconsin. Three people have life-threatening injuries after a hot air balloon was hit by a train. It's Trey Thomas that 
Bennett has details here. Authorities say the balloon collided with a freight train last night in downtown Burlington, about 30 miles southwest of Milwaukee. Three adults were critically injured, and two of them were flown to Milwaukee area hospitals. No one is sure what caused the balloon to go down near the tracks. Police say the crash is under investigation. I'm Trey Thomas. We're going to look a little bit closer from headlines that put us in our area. Maybe you saw this on socials. It's drunk driving charges for a woman who police say drove across a footbridge at Phoenix Park. It's going to be John DeMaster that uh, takes the wheel on this one for us. Prosecutors filed OWI charges yesterday against 28-year-old Amanda Larshide. They say she's the one that was caught on video early Tuesday morning driving across the bridge. Eau Claire police said on Facebook this week, they can't believe we have to say this, but please do not drive on the Phoenix Park footbridge. I'm John DeMaster. Well, there could be a new vote coming on a new alert in Wisconsin. Chippewa Valley State Rep, familiar name to our area, Jesse James, filed a draft of that legislation that we had heard about a while ago, that Lily Alert. Now, what it would do is cover local cases of missing children where there's not enough for a statewide Amber Alert, of course, named after Lily Peters, the 10-year-old Chippewa Falls girl who was murdered in April. Her dad knew she was missing. There wasn't enough for an Amber Alert. That plan likely won't be voted on until next year. While we're in Chippewa, those red and blue lights are adding a tinge of green. It seems that the police department there added two more hybrid police cars, bringing four out of five to the green side. Chief Matt Kelm says they're going to be going hybrid, and that'll save money and fuel for the city. Just for a point of comparison, the old squad cars got about nine miles to a gallon. The new hybrids get about 19. And across the pond, the celebration's underway. Queen Elizabeth thanking everyone in her Platinum Jubilee celebration that had a Four days of parties, parades, public holidays marking her 70 years on the throne. They're here because they want to be here. There are those skeptics who say, well, it's just a day out for them. No, it's not just a day out. They're here because they want to be here. They want to celebrate the Queen's 70th anniversary. They want to congratulate her. Elizabeth became queen in 1952 at the age of 25 upon the sudden death of her father, King George VI. And from here in our local 715newsroom.com, it's back to the throne with Bob Bolsold in the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. You know, I don't want to tell tales out of school here. You know, liar. But, dot, dot, dot. But, and uh, lover to death, we all do. But that story about the gal driving over the uh, the bridge, the walking bridge. I know what you're going to say. Have office you ever, Cora? Have you, ever, <laughs> have you ever ridden with Office Cora? Middle of the day on a lunch run, and you're not sure you're going to go one way or the other and make it back, right? Yes. We love Office Cora. But you know what? I uh, I actually saw video footage that you got on a bus with her behind the wheel recently. And you saw that I talk all, took all kinds of safety precautions. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, Heckling bet. the driver from the back seat like a senior high school student on their last day uh, in class. Uh, and I had my helmet on, too. <laughs> I was ready. You're going to need it because she's going to start swinging at you one of these days, Bob. Uh, I saw the video on that of that gal driving across that footbridge. And we've all been. I've been on that footbridge many times. Yeah. Uh, I thought, you know, this, somebody, it occurred to me that somebody could mistake and drive this, and especially if they were, you know, spent a few minutes in a local establishment beforehand. And we have met that somebody. (laughs) Yes. Mm All right. Enough said. See you later. (laughs) You bet, Bob. There goes Morgan in the newsroom this morning. And we'll tell you about that uh, packing plant that they're proposing out in uh, South Dakota. We'll do that next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, well, that processing plant we were alluding to with Rocky earlier, it looks like the beef processing industry is going to expand. Kingsbury and Associates, a real estate and development company, investment company, they're headquartered out in Rapid City, South Dakota, the home of Mount Rushmore. They announced this week they plan to build a new state-of-the-art plant in the next three years that could process up to 8,000 head of cattle and bison each day. Now, that would be the biggest processing plant in the country. None of the big four processors have plants that big. I mean, you're talking Tyson, JBS, National Beef. They've got plants about five and 6,000 head, but nothing as big as 8,000 head. And Kingsbury officials say the plant will cost just over a billion dollars. They said they got funding lined up. 
billion dollars to build and will employ about 2,500 people. Now, that's less than what they've got at the other plants that don't have five or 6,000, but they say this plant will be so automated you don't need that many people. And they also add that they expect the now-empty feedlots out in that Rapid City area will be coming back to life with cattle as they are looking to restore competition in the industry by providing cattlemen with a profit by being that second bidder in the markets. Company officials also said they will have an America-first focus when buying and processing cattle. So it sounds like it's about three years away, but it's uh, on the drawing board to uh, put 8,000 head in that facility. All right, we've got markets to get to, and uh, let's do it. Let's go to the uh, equity barn at Barron and find out uh, what's going on there, what went on there yesterday with their sale Here's Robert to tell us all about it. Choice Holstein steers 114 to 125. Unfinished steers and heifers 113 and down. Cow cows, top 20% sold from 83 to 87 with a top of 88. 60% sold from 61 to 82. Bottom 20% sold from 60 and down. Calves, quality Holstein bull calves 70 to 187 with a top of 205. Beef calves were 100 to 282. Our next sheep and goat beef and machinery sale is June 18th at 10 o'clock. If you have any questions or would like someone to come to the farm and look at your livestock, please call the Barron Market at 715-537-5618. Thank you. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And uh, speaking of Barron, as we just were, the Barron County Dairy Breakfast will be on Saturday just down the road in Elmina. The Wolk family is going to host that, so uh, not far from Barron. So, uh, again, plan to attend that on Saturday in Barron County. Now, let's go south to Sparta and uh, find out what happened there. I believe Scott Herman joins us to tell us about the sale yesterday. Slaughter cow market was steady today with 20% of cows 78 to 84, 60% of cows sold 60 to 77, and 20% of cows sold 59 and down. Slaughter bulls were steady with high-yielding bulls 90 to a dollar, and your canner and utility bulls 89 and down. Fed cattle were steady with the choice overnight beef steers and heifers 142 to 150, your selected choice beef steers and heifers 125 to 141. Your choice dairy cross steers and heifers, 120 to 139. Your choice overnight Holstein steers, 128 to 132 with a top of 135. Your choice Holstein steers, 115 to 127. And the standard to select steers and heifers and heavyweight steers, 114 and down. Replacement calves are steady with the top Holstein bull calves, a dollar to a dollar 85. Your Holstein heifer calves, 10 to 80. And the beef calves, 170 to 275. Just a reminder, this Thursday, June 2nd, will be our next dairy feeder sale. We do have seven bred cows coming and seven cow-calf pairs coming from one farm. So the dairy sale starts at 12, followed by feeders at 1230. Thank you. This has been Scott Herman with your Sparta Equity Market Report for Wednesday, June 1st. Have a good day. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, we just uh, heard from Scott down there at Sparta down in Monroe County. And uh, don't forget the Monroe County Dairy Breakfast will be this Saturday from 7 until 11 at Hawk High Dairy Farm. And that's down in the Norwalk area. So, again, lots of dairy breakfast coming up. And there will be one this weekend over in Stratford. And speaking of Stratford... Mr. Fitzgerald joins us with the Equity Stratford Barn. Good morning, Jay. How you doing? You ready for the big meals this weekend? Oh, Bob, and a good morning to you. Yeah, we're looking forward to the uh, dairy breakfast in our area this week. Um, well, Marshall tomorrow, uh, Athens on Saturday, uh, Stratford on Sunday. So, uh, good, nice, uh, hopefully the weather decent. But, you know, a little shot of rain over here wouldn't hurt anything. It actually would, you know, some folks, I did see some hay down yesterday. Uh, so I'm sure they're chopping it. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of hay oh. down around there. I'll tell you what we could use is some heat. We need some heat, Holy you know, God. knock this down and then get some heat. So, again, Mother Nature hasn't been perfect this year, but uh, could be a lot worse. We could be the drought like they've got out west. Well, how the market's been going this week? 
All right, Bob, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from uh, yesterday, Wednesday, here at Equity Stratford. On the feeder cattle auction yesterday, most of the uh, feeder cattle, the beef steers and heifers, yearling cattle yesterday, selling the range mostly from $1.10 to $1.50. Hosting feeder steers yesterday, uh, lighter weight Holsteins from 93 to $1.20. Heavier Holstein steers, about all the heavier Holsteins, over 600 pounds, mostly from 82 to $1.10. Now we'll get into the market auction yesterday. Uh, market cows are steady yesterday. Higher yielding Holstein cows uh, selling from 72 to uh, 88. High yielding cows yesterday topping from 88 up to 93 and a half on the top end of the cows. Uh, most of the cows this week, uh, your average cows are selling between 60 and 72. Thinner cows like Arcus cows below $55 money. On the bull trade this week, your better quality bulls mostly from 90 to 105. Lighter bulls 87 and below. The fat cattle trade yesterday, choice grading Holstein steers from 112 to 122. High yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins from 123 up to a top of 132 on strictly prime Holsteins. Select grading cattle under finished cattle, uh, 105 and below. On the calf market so far this week, better quality bull calves weighing 9,230 pounds from 75 to 175. Uh, top calves up to 210 on the bull calves. Heifer calves mostly from 30 to 50 on yesterday's sale. Your quality beef calves, 175 to 300, and they have topped so far this week at 365. And we are at Thursday here today at Stratford. Full marketing day here at Equity on Thursday. We start at 11 o'clock this morning, market cattle, uh, which includes, of course, cows, fat cattle, and bulls, baby calves. Oh, we'll get to those about 12, 1230 this afternoon. Just keep in mind, our next hay sale in Stratford will be next Tuesday. Also, our next dairy sale next Tuesday, June 7th, and that will be at 11 o'clock for the dairy sale. Bob, that's what we have for the folks this morning uh, as we wrap the week here, marketing week, shorter marketing week. But uh, prices have been holding pretty good this week. And, uh, well, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. And, uh, like I said, there's a lot of dairy breakfast around. And it's really, really good to be back in the swing of things after all this fiasco for the last two years here. So Yes, it is. The fiasco is a good way to put it. Hopefully we're... Hopefully we're gaining on it, but it's not gone yet. Hey, you have a good one. We'll see you in the morning. You betcha, Bob. Take care. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn this morning. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Senator Jacob bringing us our markets on the Board of Trade. Corn and bean, or corn and wheat, rather, were lower yesterday in that Russian offer from Putin to allow some exports if we give him something. I don't think that's going to happen. And beans were higher, tight supplies. Uh, this morning, July corn down a penny in the overnight trade, 729 when we started chores this morning. Oats up six at 652. July wheat up seven at 1048. Soybeans up a nickel at 1695. Soybean meal up a half a dollar a ton at $413.20. At the country elevators, wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville. Corn today, 671 a bushel. Soybean, 1644. Doomer's grain at Holman. Buck country in Arcadia. Corn 696, the beans at 1661. On the DTN screen, corn and golden plump is 715 a bushel. Baldwin corn 662, no quota on soybeans. At Durand, uh, well, Durand, Mondovi, both have corn at 662. Beans at Durand 1628, Mondovi 1633. Elmwood 667 on the corn, 1638 on the beans. Fall Creek 652 for corn, 1623 on the beans. Osseo 672. And sixteen thirty eight. Elk Mound corn six seventy one. Beans sixteen forty three. Sparta six seventy one. Beans sixteen forty six. Ellsworth six fifty two on the corn. Sixteen thirteen on the beans. Ethanol plants. Boyceville corn today seven fifteen a bushel. Stanley six eighty two. New Richmond six seventy eight. Barrel cheese up three quarters yesterday. Two thirty and a quarter. Blocks unchanged. Two twenty four and three quarters. Butter up a penny at two eighty nine. Class three for June down twelve. 2445 July up 1 at 2470 August up 2 at 2445 September up 6 at 2427 October up 12 at 2412 Once again partly cloudy 74 today another of a good rainfall reporter Dennis Will over in the Colby area sent us his May report 3.24 inches of rain during May Dennis said 14 days during the month he had rain, and he did finish up all his planting on the 21st of May, but he said, I did see some of my neighbors planting soybeans about the 1st of June. So, Dennis, we always appreciate that. And don't forget the Colby Dairy Breakfast will be coming up later this month. We'll tell you about more of that when it gets closer. But uh, once again, should be a decent day today and tomorrow, maybe some rain later on Saturday. It's 47 degrees right now. 
You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.